Retro Rebel Gamecast is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebels release Fridays, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook and Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. How's it going? How's it going? <laughs> I'm Good. not. I'm not very quick on the draw today with the old Mutasaurus Rex. No. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Okay, you know we're not, we're not holding it against you. Thanks, we like we like awkward pauses. Is what we like. There's Who doesn't? Better. There's nothing better than an awkward pause. So, so what have you been up to? What have you been playing? Oh, mate, I've been playing a game I think you would personally love. I'm writing um, it down. Yeah, so it's called Deliver Us the Moon. I mean, just let it sink in. The title alone is amazing. It's got... So far, so good. It's got great music. Yeah, super atmospheric. And it is a mild puzzler. The puzzles aren't terribly hard. But more, it's like a exploratory space recovery mission. Basically, okay. there's this uh, station they built uh, in, in space that's supposed to transfer energy from the moon to the Earth, and they don't know why it isn't working anymore. It just stopped transferring energy, I don't know, like 30 years ago. There's a lot, a lot of lore. I'm not a huge lore person. I'm sort of in it for the fact that you are solving puzzles in zero G. So it's 360 degree movement. Your little spaceman is like moving around, moving upside down, but it's first person. So like it's right. in VR, I would throw up, but uh, with a controller, it's okay. But it's really interesting to think about, like, managing your oxygen and CO2 levels, managing um, your power supply, managing, like, there's a launch sequence that seems so realistic to me, um, where you, like, launch this rocket. It's very early in the game, so it's not, like, right. big spoilers. But it's, like, there's, like, certain switches that have to be flipped certain ways in certain orders, and there's, like, a little manual, like, next to you that you can, like, refer to to, like, try to do it properly or whatever. But, like, a dust storm's coming in. So you're like feeling the panic. You got to get this thing launched, get off this rock, <laughs> and you're completely alone. There's there's someone in mission control that talks to you occasionally, but you're just there on this abandoned space station, just trying to figure out sort of what went on. And it's figuring out life. Yeah, it's a really high quality indie game. It's available on Game Pass, and it's one of the few indie games that I've found that doesn't need killing to entertain me. And so right. far, there hasn't been any conflict of really any kind. And what I'm still entertained. Is, I haven't is, died is, either. Yeah, I haven't okay. died yet. I've I've been pretty good at uh, managing my CO2 levels and stuff like that. Although, now I've got a laser cutter, and it seems to be the stakes are getting a bit higher. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how we get on later. <laughs> there might be some conflict later on in the game. I just haven't uh, encountered it yet. But I've played probably about two 
hours of it. And I've seen full walkthroughs that are only like three hours and 34 minutes. So I'm imagining a normal playthrough for a normal person is probably six hours, five, six hours. That, you know, because people with walkthroughs, they know what they're doing. You need time for just being stupid. Uh, Like I was with one set of doors. Listen, that took me, that took me way longer than it should (laughs) have. But I figured it out in the end. But you'd love it. I, it's really cool. The music is amazing. Like, just sitting there once you get the, the oxygen scrubbers working. Just sitting there and listening to the music. That's that's lovely in and of itself, man. You know? <laughs> just looking out of the viewport at the earth, you know? That's experienced some sort of natural disaster. It is now all dusty and tan and weird looking. Uh, but it's quite cool. I can't complain. It's a good game. Very nice. Um, well, for me, uh, I mean, it's always cool. I like that you, you play all these indie games and, uh, that you, that you, you know, basically are carrying, uh, this podcast with your new game playing, uh, because of how, Oh, are you going to tell me that you're just playing <laughs> wow or disco Elysium or one of the other, I don't know, Octonauts, I don't know. Played <laughs> this year. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, well, yeah, WoW's all I've been playing, and so I, I haven't had time. I just hadn't had time with teaching and everything else with my day job. Um, I sit at the computer all day long, and, and uh, I'm either recording or I'm writing or, you know, uh, or recording and writing. And so all of that for what I actually, you know, have to deliver for my students. And so I really haven't had time to play anything. I haven't gotten on a console. I haven't turned on my console any of the consoles I have to do anything other than play YouTube for my two-year-old. So that's all I've really been able to do um, on the console. So, yeah, I've been playing uh, Warcraft. I've been working rep for a couple uh, things. They still have that. They had that rep uh, boost, which was uh, we I talked about last time. So I'm still trying to get a B mount. For anybody that's playing BFA on World of Warcraft, then you know the B mount is you know was released with the 8.3 patch. And uh, I'm going to tell you what, it's probably the worst slog for rep. And maybe it's because there's nothing else going on, and so it's like you just have to do it. But, uh, and I can't remember if I talked about just that whole process, but quickly, what you have to do is you start with this quest chain, which is kind of obscure to begin with. I know I mentioned that before. You do the quest chain, you start uh, collecting rep, and basically I have to go get honey and bring it back to this hive and give it to this juvenile bee. And I think once you get exalted with the, the bee, <laughs> then you get the mount. Well, the only way to get the bee honey is to fly around this one zone in World of Warcraft. Um, and you have to spot it. Now, it's not it, it's it's kind of instanced for you, basically. So anybody can go down down there and get it and it's not going to steal it from you. So they can't take it. But there is no f- quick way to do this. There is no fast way to to collect the honey. There's no easy mode for it. You just have to fly around. Fortunately, a very lush environment and find these little bitty yellow specks that stand out and you and then you fly down you scoop them up then you get back on your mount and you go fly again and so knowing where the little caches are 
of honey is important, but I mean it's it could be anywhere on the map in in Storm Song, and and uh, and that's the problem is you just have to fly laps around this area picking up honey. You get very little honey uh, rep, reputation uh, with each that you turn in, and you get very little honey each time you go down to pick up a, a you know a, a little cash. So. Yeah, it's it's tedious and it's been one of the least enjoyable uh, reputation slogs that I've gone through. Uh, a lot of the other ones, at least, they're diverse in in the different quests that you can do. So, but I really want this B mount really bad. I guess bad enough that I'm going to keep doing it. So, plus, there's not really anything else to do. And wow, sounds super the, dull though, man. Yuck. Well, that is, it is dull, but it's like, man, it's either that, and I'm still getting... Every now and then, I'll break up the monotony once I've done a couple laps. I've gotten, you know, a, a few thousand rep for the for the day. Then I'll go do uh, some old content, or I'll go fishing to clear my mind, you know? So, uh, something like that. Anyway, so yeah, I haven't had time, but good news is, is this is the last week for summer school for me to teach. So I should be able to play Disco Elysium for the rest of the summer, so I can share that with you. I know you're looking. I know I'm to really that. looking forward to more talk of Disco Elysium. Woo. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll find something new to play. In fact, Last of Us Two is coming out pretty soon, so that will be uh, the next new game that I get, and I'm really looking forward to how long it's going to take me to play that because I'm going to be terrified. But I'm but I am going to play it. So. Well, that's good. Well, that brings us to our second segment, which is news. So, um, Amanda, would you like to share with us what news you've dug up from the interwebs? Well, I got two sort of quick stories and a longer one. So I'll start with the two quick ones. Uh, they're just little little footnotes. Uh, so the PS4 allowed people to download the Mafia 2, and I also think Mafia 3, the definitive edition, so, um, they got it released, like, way ahead of schedule, so if you're interested in that game, get on your PS4, get, uh, give it a download if you're a, a Mafia 2 fan, um, and the next Call of Duty game is rumored to be set in the Cold War, which is a small snippet of news, duty. Dirty. It's a small snippet of news, but actually, the Cold War didn't have much real fighting. So, like, what is this game going to be about? Like, is it spies? Is it going to be set in Afghanistan? Or... <laughs> I mean, it's the it's the Cold War, so, I mean, surely that's right. the U.S. versus Russia, right? Like, that's For that sure, made the Cold War. I saw War, Rambo 3. I'm pretty sure that was historically accurate. Well, that's And it was set in true. the Cold War, so. But they're saying, so they're saying it could coincide with some uh, Cold War secrets, including nuclear bunkers and Cold War spy planes. Um, it's supposed to, Warzone is supposed to connect the different Call of Duty series and prop up the Battle Royale. So maybe this is just an, an addition, like maybe they'll make it so they make this game so then you have characters to play in a battle royal setting that are different from the previous ones. I don't know, but if you think about the Cold War and Call of Duty, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because the Cold War was mostly espionage and things like that. It wasn't really right. overt fighting. So I'd be interested Boring to see up, what a yeah. Cold War Call of Duty game actually looks like. It's just going to be a a, a uh, resource management system. It's just resource resource management game is what it'll be. 
It's just it's just you exciting. learning to like hide under desks and uh, creating a nuclear stockpile. That's all the game I is. I think it's just going to be you going to different meeting rooms and sitting at a table, choosing dialogue options and looking sternly at other people. I think that's what it'll be. It'll be very. It sounds great. I mean, I I'm would really love it, but that doesn't it. sound like a Call of Duty game. No, <laughs> that doesn't. It could be. They're going. There's a genre shift, maybe. Maybe they're maybe they're shifting genres. We can only hope. Um, well, good. Well, that's uh, I'll I'll uh, share the bit of news that I like to think that we found together, but you definitely pointed out to me uh, is uh, because it is Nintendo news. I knew that you couldn't let it you know cross your lips. You had to let me do it. Um, no, nah, it just so wouldn't Nintendo, get reported. <laughs> I, exactly, it just wouldn't get reported. So Nintendo did a direct update. Um, and uh, this was published, uh, this actually was published uh, on the 20th of May. So by the time you hear this, this is still relatively fresh news um, that uh, there are going to be surprise reveals throughout the summer for, Ni- for Nintendo uh, and Nintendo Directs. So there will be surprise Nintendo Directs revealing surprise games, surprise trailers, uh, which to me is exciting because Nintendo has done a pretty decent job. I think pretty decent is, is being uh, conservative. I mean, I think they really have done a good job of, of keeping content going uh, and coming to the Nintendo switch, especially for those people who paid the, the $20 a year it costs to use their online services. Uh, They're giving a steady or releasing a steady stream of games for you to play. Uh, you know, every few months. So even if they are Nintendo games or Super Nintendo games, uh, there's some replay value there. There's also, um, you know, some of those games I had never tried before uh, when they first or were originally released. So uh, I think this is I think this is good news. So uh, a little bit of detail about this. Um, let's see. It, they they were revealing that. Um, Pikmin 3, I believe. Um, Pikmin 3 to be released. Uh, Paper Mario, the Origami King. Uh, so there's, I mean, there are some really, uh, really good games that are that are set to be released this summer, which is also, I think, important to note because of you know COVID nineteen and and uh, the fact that so many games had been um, delayed and the release of games had been delayed for other platforms that. Um, it's just nice to know that everything's not on hold and, and that there will be some new games released this summer. There will be something to do. A lot of times, summer is kind of a dead period, really, for gaming and game releases. Uh, it's not really a hot spot for games to be released is during the summer. Uh, a lot of times, that's uh, early in the year and uh, you know around the holiday season. So that's, that's where you tend to see October, November, December, you know. Uh, tends to be some of the uh, bigger months for release game releases. So, so it's good news if you are a Nintendo Switch owner uh, that that you have new games and high quality games um, headed your way. I mean, and for those of us that aren't and couldn't care less, thank <laughs> you for wasting my time. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's <laughs> You're welcome to come back now. You can start listening again. Yeah, no, I, I was I was ignoring you. No, it's fine. I'm, yeah. I just uh, I do my thing. I type the notes. So um, the big story and sort of the inspiration for today's topic is around the brand new game that was 
um, released on PC by uh, shopping giant Amazon. Now, they created Amazon Game Studios, and there was a lot of buzz around it um, when they formed the game studio. They were like, oh, are they going to make a play for a console? It doesn't look like that's the direction that they're going. It looks like they are making a play for the streaming gaming market. Now, they already own Twitch, so that makes sense. Um, and yeah. they're, it looks like they're going to focus on designing games that are inherently fun to watch and play which is a very interesting concept i don't think that's an interesting dynamic to balance (laughs) i don't think many game designers consider viewership when it comes to gaming they're mostly looking after the player um, we'll definitely talk about that. Yeah, so, but before we get into the main topic, just a little bit about the new game. So, it's called Crucible. It's a free-to-play game on PC, and it's supposed to be a crotch, but, uh, a crotch, a cross, jeez, <laughs> Freud rolled over in his grave right then, between Gears of War, League of Legends, and Overwatch. So, they're really targeting heavily the esports and streaming market. Um, they want to compete That's with... low-hanging fruit, but it's smart. <laughs> yeah. Um, they want to compete with Fortnite and Apex Legends, um, and so this this game announcement obviously is really exciting because it's yet another free to play title that likely will be based around season passes, much like Fortnite or something like else. But it makes it quite accessible for people, so I feel like it'll have um, really good uptake. But I think they have a long way to go because Fortnite is quite entrenched in the market. There are 350 people who have registered with Fortnite. That's not just that's like not even people who just play casually without having uh, an account. Um, you know, 350 million people entrenched in a game that you're trying to compete against, I think, will be challenging. Um, but they are focusing on how to promote Crucible. And in order to do that, they have delayed another game that they're currently working on, which is an online multiplayer game, surprise, surprise, called New World, which I've not heard anything about that game. I'd heard murmurings about this game, Crucible, um, and it seems like New World will also take advantage of the Twitch platform and and this base of streamers um, in order to build excitement around it. I wouldn't be surprised if that stays their business model. They've publicly announced that's what they want to do. But the fact that they're focusing on this game first and they've actually already delayed another release means that they're probably going to put quite a lot of budget behind advertising, promoting this game, recruiting influencers and media personalities to try it, um, give it, you know, demo, the whole big kit and caboodle that comes with video game advertising. Um, and they said their goal is to earn the respect of players. So that's quite interesting. Well, that may be the right approach. You know, I don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, I think you could come on, come down on all sides or on both sides or either side, so to speak, with, with Amazon and their business practices, whatever you want to say. Um, I think that one thing that they have always tried to do, if you look at it from a consumer standpoint, is make things as easy for you as possible, as, as, as convenient for you as possible. Um, you know, and from that perspective, and if that's the only way, the only perspective you're really looking at it, um, I actually have more faith in Amazon coming up with something uh, than Google uh, in terms of 
you know, delivering on this. I mean, I think However, Stadia is dead. Have we heard a peep? Oh yeah. Have we heard a peep I about heard it? A peep. Yeah, as far as I know, as far as I'm concerned, it's dead because I don't think you can be this silent, this quiet, and and not in the forefront of gamers and minds and expect to make it make an impact that's fiscally uh, that shows any kind of you know uh, financial success by any metric, like however you would want to measure it. I just don't see that being the case. So. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think Stadia is essentially dead, but I don't think that streaming's gone. And it, obviously, not if if uh, you know if if Amazon is looking to do something. I just watched the trailer for New World, and I'll tell you this much: I have no idea what it's about. Um, That's an excellent trailer. <laughs> the trailer was great. It was beautiful, <laughs> beautiful cinematic cutscene. That is not gameplay footage, and I don't know what it's about. I have no idea what's going on. It looked like two druids fought each other, but then one of the druids, who was a who had uh, shape shifted into uh, maybe a stag, had had um, its spirit re-entered its body and it came back to life, and then time passed and there were armies fighting and there's a woman with red glowing eyes. Uh, at the kind of standing behind like a general watching their army march on a city. That's what I got. So if you got anything more from what I just explained, uh, great. Maybe it's maybe you fantasy know a based. More. We got that. It looks fantasy based. Yeah. So we do know that much. Yeah. A fantasy based online multiplayer. We've already provided more description than that article. So that is true. Um, that is true. But there's a comment here, and I think, and it's by Bruce Wayne, which I think is appropriate. Um, although he's got Batman as, as his icon, uh, as his avatar, and I think that's a little bit uh, not, it's more than on the nose. I think that's a, that's a spoiler. If you're going to be, if, you're, if your screen name's going to be Bruce Wayne, but your avatar's going to be Batman, I mean, you're kind of giving it up, aren't you? I mean, that you, you, you're not even trying at that point. Anyway, his comment was, Pre-ordering an MMO is about the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life, and I actually, um, I actually agree. I agree with that in in most instances for any game, and that's just another story altogether. But uh, you know, I think if we've learned anything from Anthem or other games where uh, Spore, gosh, we could go back years, uh, and about games not delivering on uh, not delivering the goods and, and the promises that you that you originally pray that you had paid for, uh, you know, originally. So uh, anyway, but I think MMOs may be even more susceptible to some of the cuts, um, but they can always plug that stuff back in. Fallout 76, uh, you know, I mean, they now they've almost got a real Fallout game put together at this point. Uh, only, you know, two years later. But uh, <laughs> anyway... Um, so yeah, so, uh, keep an eye on new world and, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how, uh, Amazon fares in the, in the streaming service with Twitch. I mean, they're going to have the platform. Maybe they'll learn from Google's mistakes. So, well, all right. Well, that brings us to our main topic, uh, which, which seamlessly transitions from what that, from that news story and what we just got done discussing, which is. 
why do we watch games? What makes us want to watch someone play a video game? Uh, whether it be on Twitch or whether it be in person or whether it be, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, recording yourself and, and expecting someone else to want what to want to watch it. What makes people want to watch gamers play games? You know, so uh, I guess we can do kind of like we always do, just going back and forth and, uh, you know, give our reasons. Um, and and uh, I guess I don't mind actually going first because um I have I don't know if how many you've got, but I've got um, a first topic. Of, I've got the first four. thing I really. You've got how many? Four, four. Oh, good. I do too. How about that? Oh, good job. Uh, that just yeah, that just worked out well. Um, but in your in your in your mind, like, do you or, or and I know we've talked about it in, in on the show before, but do you watch people play games and and um. You know, are there any any gamers in particular? We won't get into like the we won't spoil the the categories or the you know necessarily the reasons. But are there any gamers that you watch? Uh, you know, and and uh, and if you watch gamers, are there any gamers that you watch? I assume that you do. Or this uh, I watch topics. a couple. Not much I, of one. Yeah, I, I watch a couple, um, and then I will also watch a specific game across multiple people so i i particularly like to watch um pewdiepie playthroughs and jim sterling's playthroughs because of different reasons uh right you know, right uh which sort of feed into my reasons of what makes a game interesting to watch because they're quite different uh in their approaches to to gaming um and then i'll also sometimes watch a lot of different streams or a lot of different playthroughs speed runs whatever from a load of creators around one game that I might be playing or want to buy or I'm really excited about. Um, and so I think those are the two reasons why I would watch a stream. Either I like the streamer or I like the game. Those, those are usually right. like the attracting factors, but what makes those streams good or those games good. Now that's, that's quite different. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I uh I like watching Jim Sterling. I like uh there are a few others that I'll I'll mention uh later because I like watching them for very specific reasons, right? Kinda like you said. It's like I like watching this person I like watching a couple people play games because I like to watch them as a personality and something about them I like to watch. I don't care what they're playing and they actually kind of are entertaining. But yeah, so let's get into our list here. Um one of the most important reasons that uh, kind of drive me to or that, that bring me to streaming services like Twitch um, uh, or, or one of the other streaming services is, is the game and if, if the story of the game is good. Like, and, and this is um, games that kind of play out like a movie really lend themselves, I think, uh, well to, to streaming services. And so I'll watch... Uh, either I'll watch walkthroughs or uh, or I'll even watch a certain gamers play. Um, so uh, horror games are really good for this. I've mentioned this multiple times on the podcast before. Uh, I don't really care necessarily who's playing uh, who's playing the game if if uh, as long as they're you know they're good at it. 
I think Markiplier and some of the others, maybe even PewDiePie. I don't, I don't really watch him at all, actually. Uh, but there are some that, that do horror games for the shock value to try to get people scared or to try to, or, or they get scared and they overplay like the horror part of it. I, I don't enjoy that either. I kind of just like to watch uh, the, I'd much rather it be a few friends like on Xbox uh, outside extra or something like that, playing a horror game and hearing the commentary from them and their friends as they're playing a horror game. But the story really first and foremost is what would bring me there. So a walkthrough, I watched uh, Wolfenstein, uh, the new order walkthrough. It's three and a half hours long. And I watched it in one sitting because it was, it was that good. It's that good of a game. And I really enjoyed the game, but I didn't finish it. But the cutscenes are so well done and they're really long. And when you, and when you put them back to back to back, it has a very coherent story. It just happens to be three and a half hours of cutscenes that you'd have to watch. I did that with Halo once. That was quite funny. Just watched all the cutscenes in order. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and it's a good, it's, they're done well enough that even though I didn't play the game, I got the gist of the story and I really enjoyed it. Like it was still enough that I would have, uh, actually I did own that game at one point. So like I owned the game, I, I bought it, I still watched it, uh, even though I didn't finish it, but it wasn't. And I think that's an important thing to note as well. Oh, surprise, Just, surprise. Stacy not finishing a game. Oh, I, there's, yeah. There's that list is so long. We it's it's much easier for me to tell you which ones I did finish. <laughs> um, that's where those are the ones that deserve the. They're the real MVPs. Um, but no, that that uh, you know, with the the new order and watching all that, it didn't stop me from wanting to buy the game though, or to play the game. So even though I had seen it, I had watched the end. I it was such a good story, and I may be in the minority here on that. I still wanted to buy and play the game. Like, seeing somebody walk through it didn't stop me from wanting to play the game. And I think that's important. Um, Maybe everybody's not like that, but for me, um, a good enough story, I want to experience it as well. Even if I've spoiled part of it by walking, you know, watching a walkthrough, so. Yeah, one of these days I might have to just watch uh, all the cutscenes from The Last of Us because I just don't think it's ever going to happen. You've got to. You really do. It's good. All right, well... So what about you? Yeah, if you want mine. So uh, my first one is the personality of the presenter. So I will sometimes, like you mentioned, watch a streamer just for the streamer. I don't really care what they're playing, although if I don't have any interest in the game, like if they're playing FIFA, then I'm probably not going to watch that episode. But the majority of games that they play, as long as they're RPGs, fighter, shooter, something like that, then I'll I'll watch them play. Because I am looking for somebody who has like a defined style and a unique opinion and a distinct way of like interacting with the community. And I know PewDiePie isn't necessarily your bag, but right. um, you know, with such a huge fan base, he has built his own language within that community you know at the moment the current Ming meme is floor gang and you have to like be engaged and watch all of the content that he puts out to know what is current and trending in that community um, and that's actually quite a powerful way of building a community because you also build 
exclusivity within it. So that makes me more encouraged to watch all of his content that I can stand. I don't watch any of his Minecraft videos because I don't care about Minecraft. It's not my bag. Well, he plays it now, I think, more than anything else because it's trending and it's it sticks in the algorithm. So, yeah, which that's unfortunate. Like, I really feel like YouTube needs to do something about that. But I I will watch just about anything else that he plays. Um, and and I'll watch all of his news and commentary, his philosophy videos and all sorts because I like to I like to engage. I think the community is quite funny. The things that they come up with and the subreddit is quite funny. I'm not active in the community. I'm very much a passive observer. But if you ask me for like a list of five or six memes that are exclusive to that community, I could tell you like because I have sort of kept up with it. And it's sort of the same thing with Jim Sterling. But for a different reason, I think his content is fairly inclusive. Um, you could pick up and watch his streams and gym impressions and whatever um, from any point because uh, he sort of right. creates a narrative within the story of whatever he's playing or whatever he's reviewing that is very cohesive and easy even if it was the first video you ever watched of his where you could you could get it right away um, with the gym impressions i tend to watch ones where i think oh this might be a game that i might get someday like let me see how he's finding it if it's worth my money or whatever so right. jim sterling is actually one of the few reviewers that influences my purchasing decisions because if he says it's crap then I probably won't do it with the exception of Mass Effect Andromeda which is the only game that he said was crap where I was like I don't care I love Mass Effect like I've got to I have to play it like I have to I know it's going to be right. crap but I've got to play it I'm sorry Yeah and I and I think there's nuance to that conversation too like you said I mean I, I there's you can't just say uh, why would you let anybody's opinion keep you from buying something you know um, it's so much more complicated than that who was the person uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, obvi- everybody goes into a purchase into a game with a bias. We all do. Which bias you went into it with is, is, is just the only difference, you know, but we try to be as objective as possible and try not to let somebody shape our decision completely. Right. You like to let it potentially influence you, uh, or maybe it does it against, you know, without you even knowing, uh, nonetheless, it, it still happens. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent actually. He is one of the few people that influences my purchase decisions. Um, there are a couple other people. I actually uh, started following Colin Moriarty again uh, on a few different platforms because uh, he's a game purist. I mean, he really does understand. Um, he especially like the old older genres. Uh, he's a big uh, platformer, uh, Metroidvania type uh, style game fan and so uh but he also i mean he's 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 just a gamer at heart and so he used to be with the kind of funny guys and um anyway all that to say is yeah uh, there are a few that do uh shape based on their their impressions one thing also i wanted to add about his, jim sterling's impressions i really like the fact that he doesn't necessarily and, and there are a couple other people that do this as well they they don't really worry about powering through a game to give you like the ultimate review, right? There, he's like, this is my impression of the game, and to me, I think that is that's very useful. You know, it's very useful 
sometimes more useful to me to get your opinion about a game and your impression about a game than someone who's trying to make the decision for me, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it does make sense, especially because you will probably never get any further than that first 20 minutes, what he played. (laughs) (laughs) Man. You've seen all the game you're going to (laughs) see. Zing. Well, why do I even have to play? I mean, he's played it. I've watched the first 20 minutes. I'm just going to move to the next thing. Oh, it's funny and sad because it's true. Um, All right, so the next one for me uh, is, or another reason why, the next reason why I watch gamers, something that drives me to watch gamers is, is if they're good uh, in terms of skill level, like if they're good skill. And and uh, some games or, or some genres of games that I that I would watch, uh, speed runs, especially some of the speed runs for the old NES games, Metroid, Mega Man, uh, Met- especially I think Metroid and Super Metroid. Those are some of the bigger ones, uh, or more popular ones. Those are fascinating to see. It's like everything has to be perfect. Watching watching somebody play uh, a a completionist run of cuphead the skill level that it takes to not get hit by something on platformers that are that complicated and difficult you just and i think you and i are in the same boat amanda that we get a little bit anxious when things when the pressure rises and it's like uh oh yeah you're like ah (laughs) and uh and then i'm for sure going to freeze up and die so I mean, yeah, you, you've Cuphead. stolen one of mine, basically. You've stolen one of mine. I just want to tell you, you've stolen one of mine. Okay, I'm sorry. I uh, sent him my list, people. I sent him my list. <laughs> oh, I didn't see and I didn't read it. But I, I hope I, if I if I steal any of the other ones, I will change it. That's No, it's fine. It. No, I, look, um, I get you. I'm not watching any old school NES. I can't even no, watch see, well, other yeah. people play it. That would stress me out to no end. I'd be like, oh, oh what's happening? Well, and then and then I think in a way uh, I'm also I'm judging them based on the way that they do. It's like I wouldn't have done that. Why'd they do that? You know, but I still get a level of enjoyment of it out of it. It's it's not um, it's just it's it those watching watching speed runs, especially uh, with someone who is really good skill uh, is, is is very satisfying, you know, watching someone who's constantly on the edge of dying all the time is anxiety inducing and that is the opposite of what I want to do so you know the ones that make it look easy the ones that make it look smooth that's fun that's a lot of fun to watch yeah the same there I would add that for that though you do need to have some sort of appreciation and understanding of the game itself so you know what they're doing is actually like impressive because uh, you know, if you're just watching some random title you know nothing about, have never played, don't know how hard it is, then it might not be so impressive. Like, I, I can watch people doing Dark Souls and, you know, the title will be really superfluous, like I'm supposed to be super impressed. But it's just a lot of, like, rolling around and dodging and then attacking once. Like, I know that's how that game works and I know that's what makes it hard, but I don't think it makes it fun to watch unless you love Dark Souls. I think you right. in order to appreciate someone's skill, you have to understand how hard the game is. You have to understand what they're doing is impressive. Um, speed runs a bit easier, obviously. You know how long games typically take, so speed runs are always pretty impressive. But like watching, you know, people get 
the highest kill streak I've ever gotten on Overwatch was 12. That's pretty impressive. Like, I'm pretty proud of that. Like, yeah. I, I that's one of my saved game clips. I'm very proud of that. But, you know, there are people who can get 30 or 40. You know, like, that's crazy to me. Um, and so, you know, sometimes I'll watch streams and things like that to see people get, like, massive kill counts in Call of Duty or Halo or Overwatch or Fortnite. You know, games that I've played and that I understand how hard they are. Because um, I think skill of the player is great, but if you have no context to understand what they're doing and how impressive it is, then, you know, I don't think it's that accessible. Yeah, and, uh, well, and I and I think that there's probably nuance to that as well. I mean, I, I don't have to have even played the game sometimes to enjoy, but but knowing at least a little bit about it, having some background, I do think gives context and, and allows you to truly appreciate what it is that you're watching. I 100% agree with that. Um, well, I've only played, I think, one Dark Souls game, but I played Bloodborne. And watching someone beat Bloodborne uh, or play it well, play it the opposite of me, is much more fun to watch. Me playing it and anybody watching me play it, that would be the shortest, that would be the shortest viewing of a YouTube clip in maybe in the history of YouTube. The only, I mean, <laughs> you would... Unless you clicked off immediately before starting it, that would be the only way it'd be shorter. That's how bad. That's how bad I was at that game. So bad. <laughs> uh, and if you missed last week's episode about the hardest games we've ever played, you missed a good one about Bloodborne <laughs> and dragging mobs around. Uh, so oh the next God. one that you didn't steal is uh, right. your passion for that title. So for me, I can watch dozens and dozens of streams about a game that I'm currently totally immersed in. So when I was playing The Witcher, I was watching tons of streams about it. I wanted to catch all the, you know, the Gwent cards. I was re like watching how tos, watching other people play, seeing how other like side quest decisions would have turned out and things like that. Um, Mass Effect. I've watched every alternate ending. I've gotten probably half of them myself. You know what that I could with the save points I had. Uh, same thing with the Outer Worlds. Like if I if I really like a game, then I want to see all the bits that I missed you know I don't necessarily have time to go right. back through and play all the bits that I missed um, and some games just aren't that fun on the second playthrough as I think I've found with both of the Batman Telltale games um, but um, <laughs> but that was also your character you liked your character you know I think that's says something yeah and game. I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to change my shepherd and I wouldn't want to you know change my outcome in the outer worlds and things like that I kind of want to keep my save games complete especially because a lot of games will read your previous saves to determine the next one and if I saved on an ending I didn't like originally get I'll kind of be annoyed by that because I kind of want to stay oh, yeah. true to how I was playing it the first time that will change your experience or could change your experience completely you know yeah so but you know the more I am interested in a game the more I just want to consume all the media that I can about it um and so I'll watch streams for that reason alone um because they're they're playing a game that I like but that being said, I generally don't develop deep interest in simple multiplayer games. And going back to the Amazon thing, you know, I don't know how much longevity there actually is in, in just simple multiplayer games all the time. Like, is that really so interesting for everyone? Because, you know, I want to see stories. I want to see 
diverse content. I want to, you know, the fact that you've just shot a guy in a different place on the map isn't the most interesting thing ever, you know? Right. No, and, and, and that's why, I mean, I don't think very many of these MMOs have stood the test of time. I never played Guild Wars 2. I heard really good things about it. Um, and I've played Star it. Star Wars, the, the Old Republic. Yeah, I remember you said good things about it as well. It looked, it looked promising, like it would be one if I had the time. Um, I was in the beta for uh, Wildstar when it was years ago when it was as an MMO and, and it seemed interesting when it was released. I just couldn't get into the story. Star Wars The Old Republic, fantastic story. In fact, it is a much better single player game in my opinion than it is. It's a single player game with guilds is what it is. That's really, and 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 it, and that's to me would have been fine. There's a social component to it. You you have hubs where everybody, but then you go on your own story. That uh, to me, maybe that would work. It would have been a much better game. Um, it, it just it tried to do two things instead of being one thing really really good. So anyway, all that to say is I agree with you. You got to have more to a game to make it uh, you know interesting to watch or passion you know to to stand the test of time. Okay, for me, my third uh, in, third reason. For watching a gamer uh, or, or watching a game stream, will be if they're if it's funny specifically if it's funny. Uh, if the people who are hosting and the commentary in the background is funny, then um, to me that's incredibly that to me that's one of the most entertaining reasons to come back and watch. So IGN used to do this thing with uh, where it was like you know the first time that they played a game. And they had these three guys from England, uh, England's IGN, that would play, uh, I think they played Dark Souls first. And so uh, so they had this guy that had never played Dark Souls before, and then two guys on his right and left that were basically giving him hell the entire time for why he was so bad. And, you know, and, basic, and, and it was the dry British humor that... Uh, you know, just sarcasm after sarcasm, uh, Barb. And, and, and to me, it was one of the funniest, um, because he was terrible. I mean, and obviously it was only, it wasn't a true stream in that you only got to see maybe an hour and a half of three or four hours of playing because that's how bad he was. He was dying all the time, but he beat the game. He ultimately did finish the game. But how many times he would die on one mob because he would he would hit the wrong button or he'd do something stupid because that's the everyman playing Dark Souls, you know, the one that isn't good, the one that is hitting the wrong button and is impatient or going in too fast. I mean, that's what my fight. playthroughs look like. <laughs> well, exactly. And so I related so much to the guy that was playing and since it was his first time ever playing it. um, and and they they broke it into to uh, to different episodes, so it might be nine or ten episodes, an hour and a half a piece, probably thirty or forty hours of actual gameplay time, um, where he uh, you know he just man muddles his way through <laughs> a Dark Souls, but it was hilarious. It was really funny. I used to also watch, um, and I know this show's a little older now. Uh, Parker plays. It came on. Um, it came on Nintendo, or Nintendo, I'm sorry. It came on uh, Disney, actually. 
Disney XD, uh, they had a video game block. So they, they would do uh, Overwatch uh, competitions, and they would also do uh, Parker Plays. And Parker Plays was just a lot of non-sequitur stuff. He would just play these random indie games, and he was entertaining. He was he was funny to watch. So really, if, if the individual's funny, uh, Taliesin and Evitel, they both play, uh, they're both in England, they both play uh, Warcraft. They're funny. They, they, they stream on Twitch. Uh, they, uh, they have a, I think their, their guild is called Immortalis on, uh, on, on the EU server, but they, they do this, he, he does a show, uh, Taliesin does a show where he, they'll do a, if there's a guild first, like, a you know, guild watch for the, to kill Nihiloth, or, um, uh, Nizoth, who was the big boss at the end of, uh, Battle for Azeroth. He'll do a like a world first for a guild with a name bit like Immortalis. So it's like his guild or, you know, a guild that is similar to Immortalis. So Immortalis established whatever. Well, he did that bit for so long that eventually an American guild actually called themselves a bit like Immortalis. And so their their guild name was actually a bit like Immortalis. So anyway, it's funny. Uh, if, if if they're funny to me, I don't really care what they're playing either. I come back because I like to laugh, and and uh, and and some some of these streamers who actually are genuinely funny uh, can hold my attention, and 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 it's really enjoyable to sit and watch. Uh, I'd w- rather watch that than most television, to be completely honest. So. Yeah, I think it's more organic and engaging. And for you sure. get the jokes. Like, there isn't a chance something's going to go over your head either. We're all in on yeah, it. Yeah, we're all for in sure. on it. For sure, absolutely, yeah. Uh, so my last one, and you sort of touched on it, but for me, it's, like, quite a key thing. So I think a game that has unexpected gameplay elements, horror is famous for this, um, you know, that can always be quite interesting to watch. You know, like, if you can be surprised or shocked or scared or you know you know see them jump out of their chairs or whatever you know I don't like to jump I don't like to play horror games because (laughs) I don't like to be scared but I have no problems watching other people be scared it's hilarious like (laughs) it's hilarious and you know there there are some youtubers who it's scary to me still (laughs) it's still scary to me I mean I don't watch it at night I'll tell you that um but (laughs) Uh, you know, even even ex- unexpected explosions or things like that. Just if you wouldn't play a game because you would find it too stressful normally, you can kind of live vicariously through other people who are playing the stream. And I, I think that's quite a fun way to approach game design is, you know, you know, maybe this won't be accessible to everybody because of one reason or another, but it'll be fun to watch for everyone because, you know, like Five Nights at Freddy's, you know, I've never played it, but I've watched enough people play it to know exactly what it's about. You know, I might I as well have played watch it. Other people <laughs> never play that game. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not for me. But it is entertaining to watch other people watch and they're they're you know, watch other people play and there's there's loads of games like that. So I think um if it is entertaining and allows the person to experience the game vicariously, then that's a great mark of, of games that are fun to watch. Right. 
No, I, I agree. Um, I was going to plug one other one, uh, Scary Game Squad. Yeah, Gerard the Completionist, Jesse Cox, there are a couple other guys that they do. with. There's four of them. And all four of them are always present in all of the games. And so they go through the big horror titles, but they also go through um, indie titles as well. They have one of the best dynamics of four individuals that are sitting around. The way they riff off of one another is it's just really it's really organic, but it's really, really funny. And it's it's uh, relentless like they are relentless with their pace. It's like they'll and, and, and then in between all of that, they'll all genuinely scream at something that's scary and then they'll come back to the jokes and then they're you know, they whatever's happening on the screen it's not just like it's highbrow stuff. Like they're, they're really intelligent as well. So, um, it's underrated content is what I'm saying. Basically, those guys are really good uh, at what they do. And so, and it's all, it's always scary games. So that's pretty much the way I like to digest those games and, uh, and they're good at it. So. <laughs> you and me both. The last one, what's that? I said you and me both. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah. That's the, that's, that's the way to do it. Um, although I will play Last of Us 2, I've said it, I've got to do it now. Um, it may take me eight months to finish it, but, um, <laughs> I'll report back in December. Um, the last one for me is, uh, the last reason for me watching a stream is strictly for information. Um, I will watch, I will watch stream and this, this goes into, um, usually Boss strategies or walkthroughs. If I get stuck on a part, uh, or, and this is actually much more important for people who are really big or are interested in doing some high-level rating in, a, in an MMO, you actually have to go do research. Uh, a lot of people don't know that, but you've got to go, you got to go online, you've got to read walkthroughs, you've got to watch uh, tutorials on YouTube. There are a ton of really good ones. There are some channels that I follow on YouTube that are just strictly for boss walkthroughs, you know. So um, so I'll actually sit through a 10-minute, 20-minute video walkthrough um, of gameplay just strictly for uh, the information, you know, I because I want to apply it in my own game. And so it, it's really conducive uh, and, and helpful in MMOs. But you can also see it uh, being used, or I use it for other games as well. If I get in a part that I'm stuck and I just can't necessarily seem to, so that may be cheating it a bit, uh, you know, in terms of for other games and just watching a snippet of a game walkthrough. Um, but I, I will watch streams and and uh, watch uh, gamers complete something uh, like a boss battle uh, just for the information because it's you know. Uh, to, to sometimes it's expected that you already know what's going to happen before you even go in there. Uh, you're not going to learn it. Nobody wants to sit there and wipe for two hours. So they, they want you to know what's happening. Yeah, a hundred percent. MMOs are famous. They got no patience for that. No. Yeah. And if you've got a, if you're in a pug and you've got a tank that, or a healer, it just, it's usually, it's either the tank or the healer. It's not putting up with it. And, and usually the healer leaves and the tank boots you. It's one of the two. So, uh, And I just used a whole bunch of terminology that some may not have any idea what I'm talking about. It's, it's well, if you don't, MMOs, get good. But, 
All right, get good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So what about you? What's your last one? That's it, mate, because you stole my other one. So, you know, that's it. Sorry. Now oh. it, now it's a 4v3. We've got uneven odds. What can you do? But no, you know, I think I think anyone is going to be impressed by the skill of the player. I'm not surprised that was on your list, too. And you had some things I didn't think of. So, you know. Yeah, well, and I, and I, I tried to keep it specific to speed runs, too, so that I knew you don't, you're not into the, the speed run for Mega Man, so. Not a chance. Not not your bag, not your bag. So anyway, lots of really good streamers to check out, you know. So if, if it's something that you're interested in doing, um, you know, or, or you getting into and, and, and or maybe that sounds like something you might be interested in. Uh, you know, we've listed a few here that might be really good for you to check out. So that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templateofgeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templateofgeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later.